live from Lamert Park, USA. I'm Tavis Smiley, and you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. So glad to see you and me back in stride again. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. All of our socials can be found at KBLA 1580. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, everything at KBLA 1580. Let me uh, invite you right now to download our app. At KBLA 1580, download the app and take us with you anywhere in the world and listen to us in real time. But only if you download the app right now at KBLA 1580. Should you miss us any day in real time, check out the podcast of this program by going to the app, the website, Anchor, Spotify, Apple. So many places to get the podcast of this program and listen at your leisure. Should you miss us any day in real time, but I am delighted to have you along live with us today for the next three hours. You can also watch the live stream of this program by tapping on the KBLA TV icon on our app or by going to our YouTube channel. Let me also invite you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Real Tavis Smiley and get Twitter updates at Tavis Smiley. Another great show on tap for you today in our second hour. It's Love Day. Happy Valentine's Day. It's Love Day, so a conversation about the nuances of love and relationships and how they shape our lives with the Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis. She wrote the book, Fierce Love, and I look forward to her joining us to talk about Fierce Love in our two today. Our third hour remains the domain of the motivator, Les Brown, who continues his month-long radio residency exclusively here on KBLA Talk 1580. You've got to be hungry with Les Brown coming up just two hours from now. We commence today's program in conversation with college president, Dr. Keith Curry. The Gallup Poll and Lumina Foundation have released new data on black learners. According to the data, there is a decline in black student participation and success in post-secondary education. Let's unpack the new data right now with one of the nation's leading advocates for pushing colleges and universities to do more to attract and retain black learners, the president of Compton College, Dr. Keith Curry. Dr. Curry, how are you, sir? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? If I complained, I'd be an ingrate. I'm delighted to have you on the program. Glad we've got an hour to talk about this. This data uh, in some ways, uh, is disturbing. I'm not sure if it's surprising. So between those two words, you pick either, neither, or both. Uh, both. Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, it is very disturbing to me as a college president, especially representing the community that I'm from, Compton, California, and how we can do more for black students and supporting black student success. Mm-hmm. So what about it does not surprise you? What does not surprise me is that as a, as a black male, as a person who attended the University of California campus, University of California Santa Cruz, I experienced discrimination as a, a college student. And as a leading educator, I've experienced discrimination as well. And so as I see what's happening in higher education, I have to be an advocate for our students, particularly black students, to ensure they did not see discrimination and to provide with the support and um, necessary uh, the support and also the necessary uh, funding in order for them to be able to complete their educational goal. Mm. Um, when you saw these numbers, um, again, you're not you're not you're not surprised by them. Um, but have you seen this trajectory um, for some time now? Yeah. So when you look at enrollment, especially of, of black students, we've seen the enrollment decline since 2011. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, pandemic was uh, just just students did not come back during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And so we've been seeing these numbers and some colleges and institutions have been providing support 
to try to increase the numbers that are enrolled and also retained. However, we need to do more. Uh, and what I mean by that is we really need to look at what's the, what's the root cause of the, that's happening to black students and black student success. Mm-hmm. And really looking at our outreach efforts to those students, also looking at our support efforts to those students who are taking transfer level English and math, but really focusing in on that and making sure that our budgets are our value statements. And what I mean by that is we need to be able to allocate funds to support these students because if this is a value of ours, then we provide the funding to support those students. Yeah, Dr. King once said that budgets are moral documents. I quote him all the time around here talking about issues like these, that budgets are moral documents. You can say what you say, but you are who you are. And when I see your budget, I understand what your priorities are. So I hear your point about that uh, uh, value statement uh, quite well. Uh, let me. I'm, I'm not naive in asking this um, because we've talked, again, a great deal on this program and on this station about what they call the great resignation. So many people chose not to go back to work after the pandemic. So if people chose not to go back to work, uh, I guess it stands to reason on some level that students, some students chose not to go back to school, although I could argue those are two distinctly different things. Um, But let me just ask you if we know uh, anything about why students chose not to come back to school after the pandemic. What do you think? Yeah, I think it has a couple of things, right? It's the value proposition for Mm -hmm. students. Thinking about what's the value of a community college education versus working at a local department store that's paying $20 or $22 or working in the food service industry. So how do we show the students, particularly black students, what's the benefit of going to a community college or pursuing higher education? Because if, if students are seeing opportunities to make money and they don't see the value in going to a community college or a, a post-secondary institution, they got to see the value of it. So we have to be able to show the value that not only when you go to our institutions, you would graduate or transfer and get a job with livable wages. They have to see the value of that. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just ask you point blank. Is there value in that these days? When you, when you compare what you're offering at Compton College or any place else across the country, even post-secondary, uh, if you, when you compare what we're offering in the higher education space with what they can get outside of higher education without having to go through that process and incur that sort of debt, is there a value proposition? If so, tell me what it is in 2023. There is a value proposition. One is it's a long-term regards to making enough money to be able to support your family, buy a home within your community. That's the goal with the value proposition so that students are able to see that if I have a degree from a particular institution, I'm able to get a job with livable wages. Some of these jobs that are out there are short-term jobs that might not be, uh, might not be, they might not be successful long-term. For example, I look at jobs and maintenance and operations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, genders, right? And I see black men who are doing those types of jobs but when they turn 50, 55, they're, they're, they have, their body is aching and they're tired. So how can I make sure that someone who's turning, a black male turning 50, 55, is in a job who's making liberal wages, but their body's not deteriorating? So really sort the value statement to say these are the opportunities for you by going to a community college, but also make sure they have that support system in order for them to be successful. For example, at Compton College this year, we're giving out $3 million in emergency aid. So students can start to really think about, hey, do I go get a job or am I able to work at, go to Compton College, work part-time, but I'm also receiving additional aid. But really looking at the services we provide to students, so they not only see the value proposition, but they also see the, the support you're providing them. Mm. Uh, just getting started in this hour uh, in conversation with Dr. Keith Curry, president of Compton College. Um, in case you just tuned in, a recent poll by the Gallup organization and the Lumina Foundation um, um, shares with us uh, data that black learners 
are declining. Uh, black student participation and success in post-secondary education is declining. And this could not uh, come at a worse time in some ways, uh, given all that black America is up against um, and has been, obviously, for centuries. But all that we're up against today, this would not be the moment when you want uh, to see a decrease in black learners, a decrease in those um, uh, black persons headed toward college campuses uh, all across the nation. But that is what the data is telling us. We're going to interrogate that data in this hour and ultimately get to uh, a conversation about what it means for black America. It's one thing to talk about what it means for these students or non-students, as it were, since they're not going back uh, and the numbers are decreasing. But what ultimately does that mean for the future of our community, the future of black America? That's the, uh, the penultimate question, it seems to me. We'll get to that in a great deal more. I'm Tavis Smiley. Glad to have you tuned in today to KBLA Talk 1580. Our phone number 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. Today is Love Day, Valentine's Day. So all three hours today, we're going to be uh, serenading you with some of the best R&B love songs of all time in between our conversations. Uh, I told uh, Miles and JD, uh, my board op and producer, I'm going to grade them at the end of three hours today to see how they did. I let them choose uh, the songs that you'll hear for the next three hours. So we'll give them a grade at the end. Uh, on how they did. Uh, not not a bad start, though. Al Green so far, Anita Baker so far. Okay, Miles and J.D., I hear you. Not bad, not bad. We'll see how they do uh, at the end of three hours today, but uh, we will serenade you once again with as much love stuff uh, as we can over the next three hours. In this first hour, I guess it's Dr. Keith Curry, president of Compton College, and we are discussing uh, a recent uh, uh, data uh, survey a survey of data uh, by the Gallup poll and the Lumina Foundation, which uh, finds, sadly, uh, that black learners are decreasing in this country. There's a decline in black student participation and success in post-secondary education. And I'm headed straight toward, ultimately, in this conversation, what that means for our community long term. Say nothing what it means for these learners in the short term and in the long term. Dr. Curry, you were saying a moment ago, um, that part of the value proposition uh, for convincing students that it's worth going to a community college or a four-year college or university, uh, part of the value proposition is getting them to understand how this benefits them long term. Uh, and I get that because I'm a little bit older, and you, you know, we're, you and I are both uh, obviously beyond the age of being uh, being uh, 18, 19, 20, 21 year old students. So we get this because we've lived a little lived a little bit of life. Um, so I hear your point, and I love the example you gave earlier, that uh, oftentimes um, certain jobs will physically wear you down. Uh, and so there are, there are value propositions to why you want to use your mind and get a, a high-quality education. And yet to do that means you're talking to young people or have to be talking to young people who can see that far out. And part of what troubles me about the world we live in for a variety of reasons, we can get philosophical here for just a second, for a variety of reasons, which I don't need to enumerate because I think you know exactly where I'm going. It's hard to get kids today, young folk today, to be able to see that far out. So how do you sell them on a value proposition that they can't even see beyond, you know, you know their nose at, in some cases? And you're also talking to some students in communities of color who can't even see themselves living past a certain age much less working and taking advantage of an education decades down the road. You see the point I'm making, do you not, sir? Yeah, I do. I do see the point. And, and I would say that uh, as a college president who's from Compton, who's a black male, 
who grew up in that neighborhood, I'm able to be a part of the sales pitch Mm -hmm. regards to the value proposition, to be able to say, this is what I went through as a kid within Compton, and look where I'm at now with a doctorate degree. But there's other examples of that as well. That's why it's important we talk about the value proposition, is making sure that colleges and universities are hiring individuals that represent the demographics of the community that you're serving. Mm-hmm. So people can see that the, the possibility is there through the leadership of the campus, through the faculty of the campus, and also staff of the campus. So they can see that, and then they can be able to hear those stories, but then also be able to say, you know what, I want to see what, I want to follow what this person did. And they can see that, they can see that hope there. And we need to do that. Mm-hmm. That raises another uh, uh, kind of value proposition. I, I hear your point. Uh, that black students should see professors who look like them. And I've, I've told this story before, so some of the audience have heard this. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Indiana, born in Mississippi, but grew up in Indiana, uh, educated there, of course. And I did not have the luxury of seeing a black teacher, a black professor, until my sophomore year in college. I had never, ever had an African-American instructor growing up uh, in mostly white Indiana. It didn't happen to my second year of school at Indiana University. And then only because I was taking an African-American studies course. So, and all the professors in that department weren't black, obviously, but I uh, recall my very first two professors, Dr. William Wiggins uh, and Dr. McElroy. Dr. Fred McElroy, Dr. William Wiggins, I remember them well. My first two uh, African-American professors in my entire uh, black learning lifetime, black learning career. Um, and so I, I hear your point about wanting students to see folk who look like them. But I say a moment ago that that raises another kind of value proposition. It does because the value proposition now is about the professors, about the teachers, the, the, the instructors. You have to convince them that there's value uh, in spending their time. Uh, at a place like Compton College or any place else across the country. Um, and we all know, we are discussing this some weeks ago on this program, that teachers are still the most undervalued professors, still the most undervalued resource in this country. We pay everybody else. We don't want to pay teachers. Uh, and so it's a value proposition question for them as well, is it not? Yes, it is. I think the value proposition for the entire organization to make sure that people are paid, health benefits are provided to all the employees, but also other supports. One of the things that we're doing at Compton College with no other community colleges doing, we're providing free lunch to students and also to employees. Mm. So really looking at that value proposition of what else can we do to support our students, but also our employees. But one thing I want to touch on is you talked about your experience. Sure. I went to use University of California, Santa Cruz. I had one black professor. His name was Dr. David Anthony. It was African-American studies. Mm. But I also chaired a accreditation visit to San Quentin Prison, where they have accredited college. I was the chair of the visit as a college president. I met individuals from Compton, Paramount, Linwood, South L.A., who basically said, Dr. Curry, this is the first time I've seen a college president who looked like me. And these individuals were in at the prison, enrolled in a community college, a community college to get an associate's degree. Mm. So when you talk about the value proposition, it's not only happening on our campuses, but when I was at that prison, seeing those individuals and they saw me as a college president made a difference. Mm. Let me let me pivot for a second. This is getting good to me now, and I want to uh, interrogate a couple things here. Uh, let me ask a broad question first, and then I think I can narrow it. Um, what did you learn? Uh, and I say, what did you learn? I mean, what did you learn? What did you see? What were your takeaways? Uh, you're now a college president, but you were actually, you know, advancing this program inside of a prison. And I'm fascinated by what your takeaways were from watching prisoners 
who were enthusiastically and anxiously taking advantage of the opportunity to be educated. Uh, we got some time. We got the whole hour. We're going to work this out. So just take a minute and tell me about that experience. I want to hear about that. So I was a chair for the accrediting commission for community and junior colleges. I was a chair of the accrediting team that accredited the college at San Quentin State Prison. Mm-hmm. During that visit, we had, we had a team of seven people, which I was a lead on, and we looked at the uh, accreditation standards to say that they could be a fully operational college. What I learned on that visit was fascinating. One was the students were, did not have access to be able to do research on the Internet. So they were provided printed copies of, of documentation based off their research projects, and they would have to read it, print it out. Then they would write their papers, and most of them wrote it handwritten. So you can't tell me that students can't learn if what I saw individuals doing their own research, asking for articles that they need, and was writing papers. And then they would cite their papers. So at one time, we had an open forum at the state prison, and I asked them, I said, please tell me about your learning. I have never heard so many people of color stand up, males of color, talking about their educational experience, and were proud to talk about their paper. I had to cut it off because we didn't have enough time. Mm. But they all wanted to talk about their research. So we start talking about the value proposition and what we can do in higher education. I seen it at San Quentin State Prison. I seen the impact it has. And I know by being a black serving institution and providing that support to our students, we could do a whole lot more. Mm. Um, the name San Quentin um, has uh, been heard all around the country, all around the world. There have been movies and films and documentaries and books and articles. So much has been written about San Quentin. And the persons, of course, have been put to death at San Quentin. Those things have been uh, issues. Uh, I, I, I went to death row uh, once in my career uh, to, to interview uh, Stan Tookie Williams, his last interview on death row. Uh, I was given that opportunity. I turned it down repeatedly initially um, for a lot of reasons. I was, uh, frankly, just frightened to go inside, a, inside that prison uh, and go to death row and to see what I knew I was going to see. Uh, and ultimately, I was convinced to. Uh, accept that opportunity. I did go and, uh, again, had Stan Tookie Williams' last uh, interview uh, on death row on camera. Um, and so it was uh, quite the experience. Um, but I, I, I know the the institution of which you speak because I've been there. I've been inside of it. Um, what were your takeaways uh, about the men, uh, what you saw there? We have a certain image of brothers uh, who are imprisoned, and the stories you're telling now about how excited they were to talk about their research, how excited they were given the opportunity to learn and to get a degree while they were incarcerated. Just talk to me about the brothers you saw there. To me, what the biggest, the for me, what the biggest, um, for the biggest experience for me in the conversation was I was talking about rap music mm-hmm. to some of the, some of the students, and it was fascinating because we're talking about just a general conversation about who's your favorite rap artist. And I'm in a conversation engaged because I like rap music. Mm-hmm. But hearing their, them talk and their excitement, nothing else mattered, right? They were excited about talking about rap music, talking to me as a college president, sharing their research and experience. It, was a, it gave me a whole new perspective of how we work with black students mm-hmm. and how we can do more, but also opening ourselves up to having conversations with students just in general. 
trying to understand what they like, trying to understand their interests, trying to understand where they want to go in the future. Because when I was at San Quentin and I'm having these conversations, I was getting motivated, like, I need to do more. Mm. But just listen to their stories and how they're excited about getting out and what they want to do when they get out and how they want to continue their educational experience. Okay, yeah, they're, they got an AA degree, but they're like, we want more than that. Mm-hmm. We want more. It is fascinating to that hear. That to me was motivational. No, it's motivational to me to hear, um, to listen to a college president tell you the experiences he had talking to black men in prison and the takeaways um, that he wrote down for how to educate black students on college campuses. Uh, you well know that uh, part of being in prison is a mental thing. There, there are a lot of black men in prison who are free, even though they are incarcerated, And a whole lot of us walking around who are imprisoned in our minds. I digress on that point. We'll get back to that in a great deal more. As we talk about this new data from the Gallup Poll and Lumina Foundation, it finds that black learners are declining in this country. You're listening to Dr. Keith Curry of Compton College on KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tavis Smiley. This is KBLA Talk 1580. So glad to have you with us on this love day, Valentine's Day 2023. Trying to play some love music for you all day long, at least all three hours of our program today. Um, so uh, just uh, trying to mix it up for you, cross-generational. Uh, nothing like love and nothing like love songs. Uh, such, a, such an inexhaustible subject. Uh, I was just talking to somebody not long ago. Um, what are there? There are 10 notes on the pentatonic scale. Uh, and when you think about those what 10 notes on the pentatonic scale and all the music... <laughs> In all the variations and all the forms and all the genres that have been created off of those 10 notes, it is mind boggling when you think of what artists do with a relatively few number of notes uh, and they all come their own way. They uh, bring their own song stylings. And uh, again, the subject of love is so inexhaustible. So, so much to choose from. Uh, uh, So many hits, so little time. (laughs) Three hours will give you. Uh, as much variety as we can. Uh, just uh, trying to put a little, little, little love music uh, in your ears today as we move through this three-hour program. In this hour, joined by Dr. Keith Curry, uh, president of Compton College, uh, discussing, in case you've just tuned in, some new data, disturbing, from the Gallup Poll and Lumina Foundation uh, on black learners, which uh, indicates that there is a decline, a decline in black student participation and success in post-secondary education, that number has been going the wrong way for a little while, but it dipped pretty aggressively, pretty significantly, pretty exponentially uh, after the pandemic. So just as we saw the great resignation, adults who didn't want to go to work, apparently there are students who don't want to go to school. Uh, uh, and so uh, we're trying to figure out how to arrest that development as we continue our conversation now again with the president of Compton College, <clears throat> Dr. Keith Curry. Dr. Curry, before the break, before news, traffic, and sports, we were talking about uh, you having worked inside of San Quentin prior to becoming the president of Compton College and some of the takeaways um, that you learned from working with these black prisoners um, that you've been implementing uh, in how you educate uh, students who are free in terms of not being incarcerated uh, on the campus of Compton College. And um, I'm, sure there's a, I'm sure there's some other stories you want to share with me. I want to hear one or two more before I move on, sir. Yeah, so I, I just want to let you know, we, a couple of weeks ago, we had a Martin Luther King Day event on our campus, mm-hmm. and the student speaker was uh, a, a student that was formerly incarcerated. He brought his five friends, four friends, that were in prison with him to the event. They were there videotaping him as he spoke, and I spoke with them, and they saw me there with my Chuck Taylors, and they wanted to have a conversation. And I basically challenged them. I said, if you guys enroll in the spring, I would take y'all all out to dinner of your location. Literally three weeks ago, I'm on our campus. We have a farmer's market where students receive $20 per week to buy groceries every Wednesday. 
And one of the students that was there that day, that was the guy's friend, was there to let me know that he's enrolled and they're all enrolling. Mm-hmm. But that goes right back to the value proposition, but also to how th- that connection you have with students. And as students of higher learning, we have to be able to connect with our students in different ways. So I wear Chuck Taylors every day. And I do that because I'm, I come to work as my authentic self, and I'm able to connect with students. We have to do, we have to do things differently in order to change the data mm-hmm. and change the numbers. Uh, Dr. And be Kirk. unapologetic about that. No, I love you. you, know, we, you as you know, we love that word around here. We're unapologetically progressive, so we love that word, unapologetic. Um, I, 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 I want to put my finger on two things Dr. Curry has said already in this conversation. I'm sure the audience heard it. And I want to come back to those two things uh, and interrogate it just a little bit further. Um, so first of all, uh, I am sure we're talking right now to the only college president in this country who wears Chuck Taylors every day uh, and who loves rap music. So he's he's a different kind of college president. I celebrate that. I love it. And they're certainly loving him in Compton, California, wearing his Chuck T's every day uh, and listening and loving rap music. I ain't mad at him. Uh, so the students can obviously relate to their president. And that's where it ought to be, frankly, at any institution of higher learning. So I ain't mad at him. <clears throat> but I, but I want to come back to this thing, this notion, two notions you raised earlier in this conversation. Um, you suggested, one, that on your college campus there are free lunch. There's a free lunch program for uh, professors, for teachers, uh, and for students, number one. And number two, now you drop this on me that you got a farmer's market on the campus and students get a voucher to get groceries every Wednesday. Those are innovative programs. And, and I, I want to come back to that because it seems to me you can't disconnect um, those opportunities, those programs from the value proposition of why Compton College might be a good place to go. But even beyond Compton College, we're talking about, you know, a decline in black student participation all across the country. It seems to me that those kinds of innovative programs are speaking to people's needs beyond the classroom. It's, it's addressing issues of concern where they live. Talk to me about though about this. Talk to me then about this uh, grocery program and the free lunch program. So there's a there's a lot that we have going on. I wish I had an hour just to tell you that. Mm-hmm. So we have the free lunch program every day, Monday through Friday. The students receive one. Students and employees receive one meal per day. Uh, because it's addressed their basic needs. We also have a farmer's market every Wednesday at Compton College. starts at 3.30. Students receive $20 per week to be able to buy groceries. They can buy food, but they get $20 per week. If they don't spend the $20, they can just accumulate it. They can spend $8 for the month. But that happens every single week they get that. Compton College will be the first community college, this is a plug, that will have student housing. We received $80 million in the state budget to build to a dorm, 250 beds dorms at Compton College. First community college in, in, in L.A. County to have dorms will be at Compton College. Our goal is to address students' basic needs so they don't have to worry about their about food or housing. They can be able to focus on their academics. And so we start talking about black learners. This is important because we have black learners who are not addressing their basic needs in order for them to be successful in the classroom. So at Compton College, that is one of our focus, to make sure we address the students' basic needs. But we're doing it for all students. But the students are taking advantage of it. My major contributors who show up are my athletes. Our student athletes are there every single day and are mostly males of color. And they're at the cafeteria. They're at the farmer's market. They're participating in those things because they have needs that need to be met. So as colleges, we need to be able to address the students' basic needs Mm. and be unapologetic about that. No, I'm thinking of a quote now, and I'm paraphrasing. uh, You'll take my point, Dr. Curry. I'm thinking of a quote from... uh, Benjamin Franklin, uh, and this is this is you, you know how far ago that how long ago that was. We're talking about Ben Franklin here, right? Uh, ben Franklin said way back in the day, 
uh, that uh, if uh, Americans uh, from years gone by uh, came back from the grave uh, and looked around, they'd see a lot of things that had changed. But the one thing they would note that had not changed much was the way we do education. Now, this has been, I'm paraphrasing what Ben Franklin said <laughs> way, way, way back in the day. So fast forward to 2023, um, you see where I'm going with this. Um, there are those who could come back from the grave, come back to earth uh, all these years later, decades later, uh, centuries later, and see in many respects that we haven't fundamentally changed much about the way we do education. And I'm wondering when I hear these innovative programs that you have underway at Compton College, whether or not that's the problem that the value proposition that we're offering them hasn't changed much over the years. But if you can tweak that, uh, perhaps you can see the numbers of black learners go in the other direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. But I, I would say that I wouldn't use a quote of Ben Franklin. I, I use a quote of Keith Curry. Okay. Compton College was founded in 1927. The structures that were founded in 1927 were racist structures. Mm. How do we change those structures through policy, procedures and eliminate barriers to, in order to support student success. These higher education systems are not built for the people that we currently serve. So we need to destroy those structures and create new structures for the new student population that we serve. And that's where the basic needs work comes in. That's where you provide faculty who look like the students that we currently serve. That's where we look at the total cost of, of tuition for students to make sure that they don't come leave college with debt. Compton for the last two years has eliminated the student's debt. We paid off their debt. We paid off their debt, and we're paying off debt again this next year. But think about that. Students are leaving with debt. So the value proposition is going back to these structures we're not built for, the students we currently serve. We have to create new structures and systems for students to be successful. No, I'm tickled. And be unapologetic about that. No, I got it. I'm tickled because uh, Keith Curry said he'll take a Keith Curry quote over a Ben Franklin quote. I am mad at him with his Chuck Taylors. Uh, <laughs> let me come back to this notion of debt. Uh, as a matter of fact, let me come forward first, and then we'll talk about this issue of debt because it seems to me uh, that that may be the primary reason we see these numbers going down. The kids just don't want to be labeled with debt for the rest of their lives. That and more with Dr. Keith Curry, the president, the innovative president of Compton College on KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tabby Smyre. This is KBLA Talk 1580. As we are celebrating Valentine's Day, playing all kinds of love songs for you, all three hours of this program. That one, I'm told, uh, is a request of our guest in this hour, Dr. Keith Curry. So I'm sure as I move through the day, we have all kind of guests who are asking us to play some of their favorite love songs. It's Valentine's Day, so we're celebrating love, all things love, and that's 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 a good pick. I ain't heard that one in a while. That's a nice, nice track. So we're giving you a little bit of everything in this hour. Uh, and let me just let me just correct myself. I was uh, uh, saying earlier about how impressed I am. I still am impressed by the few notes that musicians work with. And you think of all the music that's been created uh, by this relatively small number of notes. So I, I was referring to the pentatonic scale, and I said 10 notes. I meant five notes. There are five notes on the pentatonic scale. Um, so leave it to uh, one of my staff who happens to be a musician to walk in here and correct me. Uh, I ain't mad at him, uh, J.D. I ain't going to call no names. Uh, on the pentatonic scale. But there are 12 notes, uh, and this is what I was actually reaching for, actually. There are 12 notes that are mostly used in the Western in, in the Western Hemisphere. In the music that we do on this side of the world, there are really 12 notes. And that's the point I was really making. You think there are 12 notes that artists actually work with. And of those 12 notes, you get hip-hop, you get country, you get blues, you get jazz, you get gospel. Think of all this. You get hip-hop. Think of all the stuff that we get 
out of 12 basic notes, and you think of all the love songs that have been written from those same 12 notes, it really is mind-boggling. Am I, am I right about that, J.D.? It's mind-boggling. You think of all the music that comes from 12 little notes, uh, and uh, people do it their own way. A lot of love songs, though, uh, that uh, have been uh, uh, written uh, from those 12 notes, and uh, we're going to play a lot of that for you as we move throughout this day. Um, back to our guest in this hour, Dr. Keith Curry, and this data from the Gallup Poll and Lumina Foundation, which finds that black learners are on the decrease. Back to this issue of debt, watching my time here, uh, which is getting away from me. On this issue of debt, would you would you say, Dr. Curry, that that is the primary issue? And if not, you know, tell me what what is the primary issue that's leading you think to this to this data that suggests that black learners are just dropping out. I think debt, debt is a, a major concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, When we paid off our debt, we looked at the impact. We had black students who were not come back because they owed $41. And so we paid off their debt. So colleges and universities should be looking at their students' debt, particularly by uh, racial uh, equity, and we're looking at it to see what students are leaving with debt. But we had a high number of black students leaving with debt, and the amount was $41. That's a problem. Mm. And so when you start to think about the value proposition, it's not only looking at the basic needs of students paying off their debt, but also making sure you have the, the right faculty staff supporting them, but also telling our story. But tell our story to individuals who might not look like us so they can be able to understand what, why this is important. Mm-hmm. And why this is important, where I know you want to go with this, is looking at how we can transform communities. The city of Compton is going to continue to transform as we continue to educate individuals in our community so they can be able to contribute back to the communities that they're from. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make sure that we're educating people so they can be able to be teachers, counselors, be um, elected officials, really be engaged in the community, and they're educated individuals. We have to push that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting there stunned um, uh, because I remember my college days, of course, and I had debt, as most of us do. But I can't imagine, Dr. Curry, that I would have dropped out of school, and I hear it. I hear it loud and clear. I can't imagine that I would have dropped out of school or, put another way, been coerced, forced to drop out of school because I couldn't pay a $41 debt. So you're telling me that the difference between my getting a degree and not having a degree is $41? It could be for some students, yeah. Yeah, I get it. But think about it. Do you do you pay $41? You have to buy groceries no, you. or you'll pay $41 to go back to school. Mm. You're going to go buy groceries. No, I get it. So from my perspective, we want to deal with the basic needs. That's why it's important that students don't have to make that decision about food, housing versus an education. That should already be provided to them. Nope, I get you. And we have to be unapologetic to do that. Nope, I get you. Uh, it, it's arresting because you think of uh, students not being able to get a high-quality education over a $41 debt in the richest nation in the history of the world. I digress. Our remaining moments with Compton College President Dr. Keith Curry when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Uh, we've learned being black all these uh, uh, centuries that there, there's always uh, data, and that data with regard to us uh, tends to oftentimes be negative. We also know being black that we never let misery have the last word. We know that the, the fight back is real, and we know that when we fight, we win. And so it's one thing to be um, be debilitated by data like what we've been talking about in this hour from the Gallup Poll and Lumina Foundation, which finds that black learners are declining in the country, that black student participation and success in post-secondary education is taking a dive. And then you get you get a guy like Dr. Keith Curry uh, on the phone for an hour, president of Compton College, uh, to talk about the innovative things they're doing on his campus. 
uh, meeting the basic needs of students and paying off student debt and giving them housing and giving them food, a free lunch and giving them money for groceries. You start to hear the needs being met of these kids and then you see uh, they start to thrive uh, and you realize uh, how precarious um, education in this country, if I can put it this way, is, is on a tightrope. Uh, and if you have people, um, uh, educators, uh, presidents and administrators like Dr. Curry, who are being innovative and creative in what they're doing, perhaps these numbers can be turned around in the 90 seconds I have left. That's why I want to close with Dr. Curry, whether or not you think we can arrest the direction. Can we change, can we do a U-turn vis-a-vis the direction these numbers are headed for black learners in this country? Yeah, I, I think we can. Uh, I'm excited. I'm a part of a national panel on advancing black student enrollment and leveraging especially value for black 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 learners unapologetically. Uh, and I'm really excited about this work that we're doing um, regards to it's with the Lumina Foundation, ACM Strategist, Achieving a Dream, and also the Education Council. And there's a group of individuals across the country who are focused in on this and also preparing a report that will be a, a, a case statement of, about why this work is important. It's time for us all to come together as a country to really look at black student enrollment and also black student enrollment and also their post post-secondary success together now is the time and be unapologetic about it and be innovative of what we want to do to support students i know right now is the time mm-hmm. and i'm excited to be a part of it as the chair of the committee of this national panel i'm excited because now we can take what we're doing locally at compton in the state of california take it nationally as a race to black student success yep, and the, really start talking about it and an- doing something about it that's the answer dr Kerry. you gotta you gotta scale it up man you gotta scale it up and i'm glad that you are uh, the head of that uh, that national committee malcolm x once said that uh, black folk without an education are twice defeated in life. You're already black. And without an education, you are twice defeated in life, said Malcolm X. And Dr. Keith Curry has taken that, uh, that admonition from Malcolm X clearly to heart. Dr. Curry, thank you for your work and witness. Congrats on all the success you're having at Compton College. And thank you for this conversation. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you. My Bye-bye. pleasure. Hour two of Tavis Smiley after news, traffic and sports on KBLA Talk 1580.